You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or a contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for September 16th, 2016. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just outside David Brooks's sad white guy emoji farm, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. He's so sad. He's got a. I I believe he's working with Little Brown, who I believe has been swallowed up into Hatchet Publishing. Okay. Uh, And I think he's working on a series of David Brooks talks to kids about. uh, (laughs) I think it's raps to kids about. Not in that. (laughs) Not in that hip hop scary street black way. But the (laughs) 1970s beanbag chair. Hey, dude. You know, with your with your fake. White guy fro and your white tie. <laughs> hey, kids, let's rap about stuff going on in the world. Because yeah. that's what David Brooks is all about. No, I, I actually went back through my um, through my, my archives. Your I really extensive skip. David Brooks archives, right? Yeah, my vast David Brooks archives. I'm getting tweets from people who are urging me to join them in their campaign against David Brooks. Uh, I'm like, really? Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'll get Because right. they... This person, and bless their heart, they said every time he does this terrible thing, he or she tweets to speaker Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell about it. Okay. Um, you're very old or you're very young. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I tweet to the president every time I have a bad poop. <laughs> well, you know, I I appreciate the fact that you have, you've identified a problem. Yeah. And you're attempting yeah. to find a solution. But believe me, after writing about this guy for 12 years, I know what I do. Is you have time. enough scars from writing about David Brooks. To yeah. know what's what, yeah. And every now and then there's this surge of, holy crap, can you believe how bad this guy is? Yeah, and it yeah. really is. And everybody like the... knows. That's when everybody, it's not just you and no. Charlie Pierce. It's everybody noticing that, oh, my God. And uh, it's sort of up to me as the number one American Brooksologist uh, to say, no, he's always this bad. But it's like the faces of the moon. You don't notice it when the moon is dark. But it's still there. And it's still exactly where you left it. David Brooks is always bad. Um, like last week or the week before, very casually in the middle of a column, he dropped this lie about African Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was he was very he was busy doing another both sides column, and he he said I think I might have mentioned this last week um, that uh, the reason African Americans left the Republican Party was FDR and the Depression, and then he just left it there. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. That was a problem. That certainly was. In fact, Eleanor Roosevelt was the proximate cause of a lot of uh, African the uh, party's second look because of her her very strong stance on civil rights. But he skips completely over the um, degrading the army. He skips over the Southern strategy. Mm-hmm. He skips over you know, LBJ. He skips over everything. It's just the uh, uh, yeah, the Great Depression and FDR. African Americans left the Democratic Party, which is why we're going to have this realignment eventually. Yeah, yeah. The, and the all the good people are going to become Republicans again. Yeah. Yes, that's going to be great. And, um, we want to switch gears real quick because um, people aren't tuning in to listen to us talk about David Brooks. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know. We've gotten enough tweets. I will say that today is just one of those big kind of peak days where everybody – because today was the day when David Brooks decided to tell black kids how to behave like real Americans. In front of the flag. Yeah. Yeah. 
and how to basically shut up and get with the program kids. And everybody went, you've got to be kidding mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I've just been directing all questions and queries to Andy Rosenthal yeah. of the of the New York Times, who used to be David Brooks's boss and who's on Twitter. I'm sure would love to answer your questions about why this incompetent hack is still drawing a massive paycheck from his newspaper. But exactly. that's just because that happened today. But much bigger news today was... Well, there's a lot going on, and I want to make sure we get to all of it, because yeah. <laughs> that's really hard in an hour. It is. Um, you had in our podcast notes to quickly introduce ourselves to new listeners because we have new listeners. And so very briefly, I'm Fran slash Blue Gal and also known as Mrs. Driftglass. Uh, I am associate editor of the blog Crooks and Liars, and I've been around for a long time. Both of us have been blogging since the early, early, early days of the first George W. Bush administration. Yes. And would you like to introduce yourself to the crowd? To Certainly. Uh, 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 I, I blog under the name Drift Class. Uh, I started off as a young blogger and aged very quickly. Um, <laughs> I have worked in uh, various capacities throughout my life in the public sector, in the private sector, in the education sector. Can't keep a job, obviously. Um, I write for my own pod, for my own blog pretty much every day. I do my own graphics. I do my own research. I'm probably one of the last of the single shingle bloggers mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. anywhere. And uh, But uh, the internet was very generous to me. It gave me um, uh, access to the ability to meet my lovely wife. That's right. And marry her, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And our, our marriage actually began after our podcast did. That's right. It did. Amazing. It did. Mm-hmm. By about 18 months or so. Yeah. Yeah. But we've been blogging and politically podcasting. I lived in Chicago for about 25 years. And uh, now I live in central Illinois with my lovely wife and my three stepkids. Mm-hmm. And I am uh, I'm a blogger. <laughs> I'm and a writer. We're glad to be here talking to you. And we've been podcasting now for... Gosh, over 350 episodes. and Every uh, Friday, pretty every much. Every Friday, on, pretty much uninterrupted. Time. And uh, we're glad to be here and want to welcome all our new listeners. We're glad, 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 glad to have you. Uh, all right, timeline for this week. We started off last Friday with the basket of deplorables comment from Hillary Clinton. Right. Uh, which everyone on the right uh, freaked out about as some sort of name-calling of the voters. And everyone on the left said, um, you're set only half. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> yeah. No, way higher than that. We've, we've got receipts on all of that. And uh, Trump supporters, um, there was a lot of discussion about Trump supporters on the left and how much we have to back her up on that statement. Uh, and so we'll talk about that a little bit. Then um, Mrs. Clinton collapsed on 9-11 uh, at the 9-11 ceremony. And it was discovered or revealed that she had pneumonia, walking pneumonia. Um, as she pointed out when she came back on Thursday, uh, she was trying to power through and it was amazing that, um, all of a sudden the Trump campaign cared about, uh, sick leave for working moms. <laughs> yep. So yep. that was interesting. Um, then we had Trump's child care plan revealed by yeah. Ivanka and Donald. Mm-hmm. And I wrote about that and we'll talk about that, uh, then Trump went on Dr. Oz to give him a sheet of paper that he claimed was his health record. And today, we're now we're at Friday, Trump Hotel D.C., which opened Monday to a soft open, and we'll have a launch on uh, October something. But they their first event, their first event was Trump for President 
press conference, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, which really caused a huge birther meltdown by the press, and rightly so. Um, and so let's start with basket of deplorables. <laughs> yes. Um, I really think, excuse me, I really think that uh, Hillary Clinton did the right thing by saying that, because to me, that was a rallying of her base on September 10th, Mm -hmm. which is a remarkable thing to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's all I have to say about that. Do you have anything else to say about the basket of deplorables? Yeah, it was um, it was what Barack Obama never did. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Barack Obama was elected in 2008 after a really sleazy, awful campaign. And Mm -hmm. Barack Obama desperately wanted to be the bridge across the great um, open, superating wound in American politics that's full of hate and distrust and racism and so forth. And he thought he could heal that. And if we had been a slightly less insane and hateful country, that might have been possible. But it is simply too profitable and too electorally important on the right to continue to pour salt into the racist wounds of this country, to continue to pander to bigots and xenophobes and homophobes and uh, haters of all stripes and gun nuts of every kind. There is no upside to Republicans turning those people away. And there was no upside to them cooperating with the president at all. Their strategy from, as everyone knows, but is almost never mentioned in the mainstream press. Their strategy from day one uh, was to obstruct and oppose, shut down, sabotage anything Barack Obama tried. And this is all very well documented out there. Go look up the um, caucus room conspiracy. You'll find it in print all over the place, except in your major newspapers or on television, because we don't talk about those sorts of things. Barack Obama really wanted to come to Washington with the same sensibility that he had in Springfield, Illinois, where he was a state senator, which was you get together in a back room, you, you have a couple of drinks, you play some poker and you work out a deal. And he he couldn't get it through his head that he was dealing with the last battalion of the Confederacy, that they had absolutely no interest in working with him, that in the middle of two wars, one of which we had been lied into and were losing – and the worst economic collapse in a generation, the Republican Party wanted to see the country fail. Uh, Rush Limbaugh said he wished Barack Obama would fail, which 10 minutes prior was treason for someone to say, according to Republicans, as long as there was a Republican in the White House. And he made the gross strategic error of thinking he could trust instead of working very hard to destroy them, which is now what we have to do, he worked very hard to compromise with them and wasted an enormous amount of time and political capital um, trying to find a partner in peace when they weren't interested in peace at all. And when there was, when there was no profit in them for them, for, for the Fox News hate radio right to give him anything but the back of their hand. And then <laughs> at the midterms, run on the country doesn't work because our leaders are, are all uh, gridlocked and, and they don't trust each other. So Hillary Clinton, to her credit, is coming right out of the gate with half of these people are are, are irretrievably evil, are, are awful people. And, and you know what? If you've been a Republican for 30 years through impeachment, through Bush, through Iran-Contra, if you've held on to your Republican identity, even though you call yourself a Tea Party or call yourself an independent, you're pretty much a lost soul. There's nothing I can say or do. There's nothing anyone can say or do that will ever reach your – 
cognitive, higher cognitive functions because you don't have any. You are, if you are that deep in the shit, you're never going to get out. And we shouldn't waste any more time pretending that you're a sane, rational, competent citizen. We should start acting as though you are our internal enemy and find ways to best contain you so that you can't continue to fuck up our country. And that's what Hillary basically said. She mm -hmm. called him out on it. And she did it in a very old school political way because when she said this thing, three day story, I know that everybody was kind of horrified by it, but it really forced the conversation along in a way that would not have happened had she not said it because people were coming out of the woodwork saying, yeah, it's about right. 50%, maybe a little bit higher. Uh, I'm, I'll, we'll talk a little bit in, about an intelligence squared debate that I listened to. Go right ahead and talk about that now. Well, very quickly, Brett Stevens of the wall street journal, um, and, just, and uh, just move your microphone back about two inches from your mouth because it's air blanking out just a little bit. How about that? Good. Good? Yep. Uh, it was, it, it's this uh, debate format that they have once a month or so uh, in New York usually. And I find them some of them very interesting. And this was the most recent one. It was um, uh, Ben Dominic and uh, Tim Carney in support of the resolution that the elites are to blame for Trump. And it was – uh, Brett Stevens of the Wall Street Journal and the horrible Jennifer Rubin of the Washington Post opposing the resolution. And it was genius because it really defined Trump as a problem as opposed to a candidate and forced two groups of conservatives to debate over who was to blame. And Brett Stevens of the Wall Street Journal, to his credit, said the elites are not to blame for Donald Trump. The the This idea, this this focus, these billionaires, this this sort of uh, a nebulous group of, of power brokers are not to blame for Donald Trump. I mean, they're, they're certainly at fault. They're certainly broken. They certainly have huge problems. The people who are to blame for Donald Trump are the people who voted for Donald Trump. And they're not voting for him because of economic distress or, or the state of the globe or their jobs, which may or may not be good or bad. They're voting for them because they're racist, mm -hmm. because they're bigoted, angry, ignorant people who want someone to blame. They want a tyrant. They want a fascist to rule over them, and they want people to blame. That's who these people are. That's who they've always been. And let's mm -hmm. let's stop pretending that they're not there. Because you know what? That, that basket of deplorables thing, that 50%, that sounds about right. And then he started quoting statistics about how many Republicans believe Barack Obama's a Muslim. Right. How many Republicans believe. That's who they are. And, and the, the media, by and large, is so terrified of losing that audience right. by mentioning the fact that they're awful people, mm -hmm. that they never talk about the fact that these people are really deplorable. So Hillary Clinton did us all a service by dropping this awkward phrase into the conversation and forcing people to respond to it. And well, and let's be clear. I, I don't want to make the mistake that the mainstream media made in this instance mm -hmm. of pointing out the rest of what Hillary Clinton said. Right. which is that there is economic distress in the country. Yes. There are people who will vote for change no matter what, because they just feel that economic distress. But I did also like the argument that was made in the debate you mentioned, that there are all kinds of people in America who have felt economic distress in the past eight years who are mm -hmm. not voting for Trump. Right. And the appeal of Trump is that he started out his campaign coming down the escalator on day one and called Mexicans rapists. Right. That has been and he was the original birther. We'll get yep. to that in a minute. <laughs> and, you know, those are the things that make Republican 
base primary voters happy. Yeah, And we have known that for years, for at least, what, six election cycles, seven election cycles? Oh, yeah. 68? Anybody? You know, Mm -hmm. this has been going on... uh, and and I was proud, although I have to say, all these reporters that are now saying, you know, we knew all along that this was a Republican problem. It's too bad you didn't say so on the air because you can't, because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to lose that half of the audience. Right. Uh, but but um, Luke Russert, Luke Russert said on Twitter today. That's how bad things have gotten. Obviously, yeah. they're higher. Luke, hello? I, I can't hear what you're saying. So uh, there you are. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Luke Russert said on Twitter, you know, this is not. Uh, this is not just Trump. This is Republican congressmen. I've been to dozens of GOP press conferences in the Congress where no one would say Barack Obama's an American and they just will not say it. And so this right. is a and he even mentioned Mitt Romney, that Mitt Romney thought birtherism was wrong, but he wasn't going to attack it directly because that would mean he would not get 50.1 percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. And that's what he needed. That's right. Exactly election. Right. So. Uh, and he brought that up directly. So um, this is a Republican problem. And I think it goes back also to how pr- the primary system for Republicans has always been, which is you make those people happy for nine months with as much dog whistling as you need to make. <laughs> and then you get the, birth and get to the Mitt nomination. Romney. Right. And then you have the nomination and you pivot. Right. And the problem that Joe that freaked out Joe Scarborough, that freaked out the right wing uh, Bushites, mm-hmm. was not that Donald Trump had done all of that, had done all of the birtherism stuff, and had done all of the Mexican stuff, because Huckabee did that, and Fred Thompson did that, yeah. and and uh, Rick <clears throat> Perry did that. All of these candidates had done that in the past. Mm-hmm. Newt Gingrich, they'd all done that. The problem was he didn't pivot. He didn't right. then become the, you know, he's and now today. I mean, we might as well talk about this today. He, he's now, again, not really pivoting. He's no. saying, well, you know, Hillary Clinton started the birtherism, which is n- now a lie that no network will allow him to say. That's the amazing thing. I don't know what it is about this particular lie. Mm-hmm. That the the mainstream media clearly, we said this last week, clearly the suits upstairs will not stand for this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because uh, if it if it was true, if it was true that, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry, but we then get into the anti-Semitism, too, because everybody that's mentioning this is blaming Sidney Blumenthal. Sidney Blumenthal. The one who did right. it. And it's an right. anti-Semitism going along with the, the birtherism. Well, and we've added we've added a new punctuation mark to the English language. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's the Oxford comma, <laughs> and then there's the Trump parenthesis. Yeah, which yeah. is in the in the chirons of these um, things that Donald Trump says. The little words below the screen as he's mm-hmm. talking, they will include parenthetically. This is a lie. This yeah, is not, not true. true. This yeah. is debunked, and because and the they, chiron the chiron fact checking is the only place the media can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I read um, you one quick thing from, please? Sure, go right ahead. Uh, from Brett Stevens, that goes right to this point, because he was saying, you know, the people in this room all thought one day Donald Trump's going to say something that's so bad the bubble will burst. Mm-hmm. And then he goes through a long list of things from McCain to Judge Curiel to Mexicans are racist. And anyway, it was a whole succession of things. And here he is saying, and I want to say at one point he's going to say something and it's just 
that's going to end it. It'll, it never happened, but it never happened. And I kept wondering why, why does this not happen? Why does the bubble never burst? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know why? I'll tell you why, because this is like a strip club. And, and every time he says something dirty, it turns out people want more of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. what he's doing. He's, he's what he was doing, what they, uh, he was doing. They're like, take it off, take more off, take more off. He was appealing to the pornographic instinct of a part of the American population. Yeah. What was happening to the species of political pornography is a species of political pornography. Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. And, and the, the point is he's doing it because they like it. They love it. They vote for this racist because he. they like it. They mm-hmm. love it. They love what he says. They will never abandon him because he speaks to their darkest and ugliest impulses. And that is something that our media cannot talk about there's no mechanism in the media for talking about the fact that a substantial number of our american citizens are fucking nuts Mm -hmm. and dangerous and are wrecking this country it's as if you know two years into the civil war the northern press refused to talk about um (laughs) you know the 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 civil war or the or just slavery yeah Yeah, it's just like pretending it's not happening no there's something weird going on down there we're not sure who started it we don't know what it's about it's a thing, but you know both sides. Mm-hmm. No, this is a this is an American cold civil war between some very awful people who are being led by a, a fascist uh, who are coming for our country. Yeah, and the media doesn't know what to do but capitulate because the only sensory apparatus they have are ratings and money, and Donald Trump keeps generating ratings and money, and therefore by their only metric, he is good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's very briefly switch over to um, Ivanka Trump. Let's pivot. <laughs> pivot. We're going to pivot to Ivanka Trump for just a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, she had a very bad week. She started out having a good week, but, uh, you know, she convinced her dad that he ought to have a child care plan. <laughs> oh, father, we should do something yeah. for the poor ladies. Well, yeah. not really the poor ladies. And uh, it wound up being a um, trickle down. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, tax credit for people who itemize <laughs> and uh, also the um, family leave was only for women, only for married women, only for straight married women and uh, not for adopted children, not for, you know, it, it's just for people to recover from the medical thing of childbirth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, the money for that is supposedly going to come from waste, fraud, and abuse in the unemployment insurance program. Sure, because it's fraught with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wrote about this this week. Yes, you and, did. And, and allow me to say, first of all, that um, Ivanka Trump is as big a liar as her dad. There oh, is yeah. no doubt about it. Um, she made it. Uh, very clear that she was willing to lie. Um, but first of all, she said that Hillary Clinton didn't have a plan, which everyone laughed when she said that, because one of Hillary Clinton's problems is she has so many plans on her website yes. for everything in such incredible wonky detail that you know, it only, can't be avoided. If only Hillary Clinton would pay some attention to the needs of children. And, <laughs> and that and their, too. You know. <laughs> Her whole life has been devoted to her whole career. Her but whole that, lock, that does lock career, you, everything. Yeah. That does give you a really interesting window into how completely deluded the people are who live in this conservative bubble. Because they don't they don't bother to pay attention to anything. They just make yeah. shit up because they know that the pig people will love it. Yeah. So if you just make shit up about Hillary Clinton, which is in defiance of her own public record going back 40 years and what's on her website right now, mm-hmm. you know, it's like ripping off Michelle Obama's speech. Yep. Who's going to yep. notice? Doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Doesn't you know, the matter. people we're talking to are frankly too stupid and too hateful to care. So why should we bother playing well, and worrying and, about the details? And the important thing is to look good to your friends while you're doing it. That's right. So you're wearing the right dress and the right shoes. And this was Ivanka Trump's thing: is she wanted her dad to appear to be nice to working moms. Mm-hmm. And working moms in Ivanka Trump's world, uh, if you go to her website and look at the Women Who Work page, mm-hmm. you'll see she's got profiles of 56 working women, and they're all CEOs. Yeah. They're all entrepreneurs. They all live in New York City. They all have hair down to their armpits. Mm-hmm. They all have uh, carefully coiffed eyebrows, professionally done. And uh, on her website, you can look and see uh, advice from a New York City interior designer on how to make your nursery look like you'd want to hang out in it. <laughs> and look at the yoga bag. And, but, and but, look at the look at the. And you know and, what? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having rich friends. No. I would love to have more rich friends. I'd more love to have them friends, support please. our podcast. <laughs> I'd love to have them write big checks to this podcast. But the point being, if your entire childcare vision is how can I give my rich friends a tax write-off? For their two nannies and the private school. Well, and I don't, and but jet. I don't even think it's that way. I think I think that's not quite the right lens. Uh-huh. It's not how can I help my rich friends. It's how can I help moms. And the only moms that I have ever seen and ever experienced are people who have the same income as me. Exactly. I have no clue what it is like to spend eighty percent of my income mm-hmm. on daycare. Yep. I do not know what it is like to try to get my kid to daycare without a car every day. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's like to have to figure out how to get money, get seven or eight dollars to buy diapers because my child cannot enter the daycare today mm-hmm. unless I bring diapers to the daycare. Mm-hmm. And there are daycares that will turn you away and tell you, no, we won't take your kid today. Because you haven't brought diapers in, and we have no money for diapers at at our daycare. There's no subsidy. There's no nothing. You have to pay 80% of your income, Walmart worker, and you have to bring diapers. And there are are people who know how that world works. Oh, yeah. know how it operates. And you know what? They tend to be, when they're not actually struggling with the coping with it, the people who are charged with helping people Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. are the employees of government programs yeah. that people like Bruce Rauner and 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 the Republican Party want to shut down. Yeah. Yeah. They're the people they're the, they want to make life infinitely harder for people who are already struggling already. Yeah. Well, and Barack Obama has a diaper program now. Yeah. His his health and human services people are very much interested in making sure that I mean, if a if a parent has access to diapers for their baby, it reduces child abuse. Mm -hmm. I'm serious. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. The child cries less. And there's less stress in the household. And it's less, uh, you know, there's better sleeping going on, which is a huge stressor for new parents. So, but this is not Ivanka Trump's world, okay? This is just not. And, you know, she's about, as I say in my post, she's about, you know, get a manicure and then finalize the executive report. (laughs) Right. Uh-huh. And then make sure you have power of attorney assigned because that's important. Whereas Walmart employees, you know what the <laughs> biggest five finger discount from employee theft at Walmart is? Diapers. I nope. am not kidding. No. 
happen. Of I'm course it is. Yell into the microphone. No, no, it's, it's Empl- Jean Valjean. Are employees stealing diapers from their employers so that they can come to work tomorrow? Right. That's the real world. Mm-hmm. And Ivanka Trump's world is: I can make my daddy look nice mm-hmm. by putting out a tax break for people at my level and right. and straight moms who have given natural childbirth or or c-section childbirth not anyone else mm-hmm. anyone who is not like me i don't know they exist mm-hmm. so uh i think that covers that well it, it also i um, mean i mean that's that's the um incredibly condescending bubble person side of it the other side of it is all the people who actually know how unemployment works exactly. who said oh this is insane this is illegal, illegal. on its face yep yep and and it would be a disaster to even attempt to do something like this. Yeah. Um, and and, and are... it, it it raises more questions than it answers because yeah. just that if a woman's on unemployment, people that have also that have been on unemployment realize that it doesn't cover the bills, it doesn't cover the rent. It it does that mean if a woman is taking unemployment money while she's out for six mm-hmm. weeks on the Trump plan that. She gets her job back. Is she guaranteed her job back? Does she have to continue to look for work like most un- people on unemployment have to do? Right. You know, and this, again, this is exposing the Trump campaign as not only having no awareness of how to craft policy, as opposed to Hillary Clinton's, <laughs> you know, got the bill written and here's my link to but, it on my but website. But no interest in it. But no interest in it. No. Well, this no is actually an actual policy. This yeah. Is an, this is a throwback to early Trump, which was yeah. I'm going to replace Obamacare with something awesome. Right. You know, he's right. going to he's going to replace pregnancy with something awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and and well, what is that? Oh, I'll get you know, once I'm elected, we'll get around to it. And by the way, I'm going to give you trillions of dollars in tax cuts. Right. And we're going to have 25 million new jobs and we're going to spend a shit ton of money more twice as much as anybody else on infrastructure. And it's all just gibberish. Yeah. It doesn't, and it, but it is, these are, it, it, none of it makes any sense. In the aggregate, it is the act of a, of a lunatic. Mm-hmm. But a lunatic mm-hmm. who clearly understands the people who are listening to him, let me repeat, are too stupid and too hateful to care. He's checking off these boxes. Well, he said the word child care. Okay. He said health care. Okay. Military, oh, but okay. there were tons of people on Twitter. If you ever go and search the Make America Great Again, the MAGA hashtag. Oh, I do. I and went I, and checked. I went so. and checked during this conversation when he was talking the number of people that called it socialism and donald trump was selling out uh-huh. uh to the liberal media to pretend that he was being nice and that this was bad for america because he's giving free stuff away sure it's it was unbelievable um so there are there are you know at least two types of trump voters one who is <laughs> hardcore conservative government's evil government's wrong the you know the rush listeners right and then there are those like that lady that, that i showed you on twitter today no uh, that's okay. Barack Obama was born in the United States. If Trump says it, it's true. Yeah, whatever. Whoa. Whatever voters. You know, whatever is <laughs> yeah. whatever's true this week, I believe. My ideology yeah. is Donald Trump. And the that's, key to those yeah. people, the absolute key to those people is to lobotomize them at the point of long-term memory. Right. So that they have right. no recollection of believing exactly the opposite last week. Or yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so this thing at Trump Hotel D.C. today, <laughs> which is the ugliest hotel you know, in the city, um, $895 a night. And American Bridges, by the way, which is a pro-Hillary Clinton group, um, they actually rented a room at uh, Trump Hotel DC to take pictures. 
And all of the furnishings are from the Philippines. Sure. Um, the lamps are from China. The sheets are from China. The, uh, you know, so he built that hotel and furnished it on budget, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, but, you know, the cheapest room is $895 a night. The, um, we, I, I did tweet that we should all ask for the Hillary Clinton inaugural discount. Yeah. Um, but apparently the uh, penthouse suite uh-huh. at Trump Hotel D.C. is $100,000 a night, five-night minimum. So sure. half a million dollars. Sure. And uh, it's going to be a lot of people, you know, it's going to be diplomats from Dubai who are on expense account who stay there and sleep on made-in-China sheets and turn on their made-in-China lamp and lean up against their made-in-the-Philippines headboard and think they're being classy. <laughs> And look at their giant replica six-foot portrait of Donald Trump on oh, the wall, that he, which was he purchased. apparently bought for $20,000 at auction, which no one can find. Apparently, with, it's at some golf resort of his. With so. his own with his own foundation's money. Foundation money. Yep. Yep. And apparently, today, they've discovered that he bought an ad for Trump Hotel DC in some um, charity concert program. And it was an ad that he purchased, um, but he wrote it off his, tax, his taxes on the foundation you know well and this and is and that's that's the tax dodge that he's been doing for a long time clearly and this yeah. is where this is where i try to stop myself from being drawn into a a uh, debate not with you but just with debunking each particular lives they come along because there's no way to do that yeah. at some point you as the consumer of news have to say this entire truckload orange truckload of Republican uh, toxicity is all bullshit. It's yeah. all bad. It's all wrong. It's all um, broken. And I don't need to listen to anything going on inside of it because um, everything inside of it is bullshit. It's all mm-hmm. rotten right down to the floorboards. And let's just, you know, check that off the list. Yeah. Um, it is It is the um, serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. You mm-hmm. have to learn the wisdom to know the difference between someone who's actually interested in talking about child care policy and might have a different way of approaching it and someone who is who's just dead from the neck up and a Trump supporter who could, doesn't give a shit about it. Right. And who can and who's only there to waste your time and toss out fallacious arguments and to burn your energy while they laugh their ass off because there's nothing you're going to say that's going to convince them. So that's, I want to I want to uh, switch gears uh, and talk for the rest of this podcast about the media. Yes. And um, but before we do that, uh, a little island of comedy and um, <laughs> congratulations to Samantha B. She did a really good job she really did. of talking about the difference between truth and fiction and both siderism. I think it was one of the best kind of encapsulations of what that issue is and why the media has failed us. And the, and the um, abdication of the media, because, yep, yep. I mean, if you don't mind me just mentioning it, no. it's it's where she she basically goes down a list of, of a couple of things where. The media doesn't want to judge whether this is true or not. Right. She goes, that's right. great. So while you're busy, you know, in, your, in all of your spare time when you're not, you know, d- working your two jobs or dealing with your kids, you can go study the Geneva Convention. Right. The citizen, the the viewers can go study the Geneva Convention. Because yeah. that's your yeah. job. And yeah. she's like, no, yeah. fuck you. That's your job. You are the people. You're the people who are paid to understand, to have some basic knowledge of whether or not what Donald Trump is proposing uh, essentially looting a country of its oil is a war crime or not. That is not my job between babysitters and two other jobs to figure that shit out. Mm-hmm. That's your mm-hmm. job. But but she 
threw up a couple, three examples of where the media just said, well, let's let the let's let the consumer judge for themselves. I'm right. not a fact checker. I'm not truth squatting this. Well, and the number of people that said, I'm not a doctor this right. week. You know, we'll just let people watch Dr. Oz and decide for themselves whether Donald Trump is healthy or not. Yeah. And uh, and uh, in the meantime, the. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the media. I wanted to bring up Lewis Black also. Yeah. Very yeah. briefly, uh, he he said that um, Donald Trump voters are going to hell. Yeah. And he knows this because God told him so. <laughs> and everyone laughed because, as we all know, Lewis Black is an atheist. And, and this was what? this was a way of, of, you know, just being very clear about what side he was on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me think, and I was so Grateful to Lewis Black for uh, making me think, what is hell for a Trump voter? Mm -hmm. Because personally, I mean, and this is just my own personal feelings. I really don't believe in hell. Um, I believe that God is very ironic (laughs) and poetic. Mm -hmm. And I would think that it would be ironic and poetic um, for heaven to be as everyone, you know, uh, imagines the the place in the sky with the clouds and the white robes and the angels with the halos and the wings and all of that. And, uh, you know, that sort of cartoon heaven mm-hmm. and the Trump get the Trump voter arrives there and everyone speaks Spanish <laughs> and you have to learn Spanish. Uh-huh. And once you've learned Spanish, it's heaven. But until then it's hell. Mm-hmm. Or uh, for the Trump voter, the Trump voter arrives in heaven and heaven is a black church. Mm-hmm. And you have to be there until you belong there. And once you belong there, it's heaven. Mm-hmm. But you have to work through that. And so I, I'm still thinking about that and thinking about writing it down and how um, that is true for all of us. And I don't want to sort of get off track of getting back to talking about the media, but it is something to think about for those of us that have a prayer life (laughs) to think about what do I need to work on? Because it seems to us from the side of honesty and politics and, and try to do the right thing that not having the blatant lies that Donald Trump tells that we can see clearly the problem on the other side is racism. The problem on the other side is bigotry. The problem on the other side is uh, white supremacy and closed mindedness. But uh, what is what is it going to be like for me if I have to work on something in order to get to the point where it turns into heaven for me? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a humbling thought. (laughs) So I'm just going to leave it there. That's my that's a that's a non Bible bitch question of the day. (laughs) You slipped it um, in on us, yeah. I slipped it in on you, but it, it has given me a lot of food for thought. And I'm grateful to that atheistic minister, Lewis Black, sure. <laughs> for making me think about and question myself and question what I have to work on. Because we all do have something that is going to be taken away from us about our self-knowledge and our self-awareness and what we think we see when we look in the mirror. And uh, something's going to gonna be taken away. And something's going to be added. And I don't know what that exactly that is, but I'm thinking about it. I, I'm trying to think of it. It was George Carlin who said, mm-hmm. you know, when the aliens came, mm-hmm. they weren't the little green guys either. They were 10 feet tall and they were black and they were pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you and I have reminded ourselves many, many times this week that um, it's going to be women of color that decide this election. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be us. It's no. not going to be white liberals in the middle of a cornfield. No. No, we'll do uh, our part. We'll do our thing. And that's okay. But, yeah, that's, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy living in that country. 
Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But the, no, the, the, and the, the people who are actively killing this country, mm-hmm. um, are the, uh, it, there are two, there are actually two groups of people and they're in, incestuously intertwined. One is the Republican party and one is the media. And this is the second part of our podcast where we mm-hmm. let's mention a few of the uh, other notables in the media. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go right ahead. You, you, you tackle the list. Well, for example, um, last week we proposed the theory that we've been kicking around for a while that the the rebranding problem the Republican Party has, which is every 18 months you have to pretend that the base isn't the base or not really there and they're invisible and somehow um, – they used up independent. They used up the word conservative. They used up Tea Party. So now it's the American people. Right. Because the object of the exercise is not to – is to camouflage them, is to make them disappear. And you can make them disappear by putting them in funny hats, giving them flags, and having them talk about deficits. Yeah, it's it's not just Michael Steele. He's, he's one of the early adopters. Yeah. But since Republicans and their collaborators in the media have run out of ways to hide the base of the party – uh, as they sort of lose their mind and become raving public bigots um, under the Trump leadership, they need to find a way to explain away why they never noticed this before, why it doesn't matter, or why they can you can ignore it. Um, Michael Steele, especially as the black man the Republican Party hired to stand in front of a bunch of bigots so they could pretend they weren't bigots, uh, sold his soul, as far as I'm concerned, uh, to the Republican Party in exchange for a career and and a, an income for the rest of his life. So he's he's done as a as a decent human being in my eyes forever. So he's sort of since he has no soul, and he's sort of the one of the leading vectors of whatever Republican virus is out there today to try to get us to stop talking about the fact that his party is full of bigots. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, the new approach is. The American people yep. simply take any bad thing the Trump voters are doing or Trump supporters are doing or Donald Trump is saying and say, well, the American people don't care. Right. And right. it's no, it's it's the bigots in your party, that don't, the bigots that paid for your very fine suit and your mortgage and your future. The people who hired you to be their front man. Those are the people who are doing and saying these terrible things. No, it's the American people. Yeah. And the karma train came around really fast. <laughs> it did. And I, I actually said on my Luke Russert post today uh-huh. that, you know, and I'm sorry to keep going back to Bible, bitch, sure. but I'm going to go back to Bible. Bitch. Uh-huh. There's another Luke, <laughs> Luke 12. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's what's happening. It's just, it is amazing to me that even the media is is not exempt from this, that no. this is the year of karma. Every single chicken's coming home to roost. Mm-hmm. So I continue, please. Oh, this was, he was on the Morning Joe show. And again, mm-hmm. he, he's not going to lose his job. Over, none of these people are ever going to lose their job over any of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And they're not going to lose their job on the contrary if Trump is elected. Right. They're set for life. Yeah. 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 But um, the... The idea that Donald Trump should show his taxes, mm-hmm. that this is somehow, you know, a, 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 a acceptable. He just says, screw you. I'm not going to show you anything. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do it. And one of the panelists on the Morning Joe show, which I do not recommend to anyone, was just pounding the table adamant, saying he has to. This is just ridiculous. We've had every American president for 50 years. The, the media has to keep pounding him and pounding him and insist that he do this. It's simply unacceptable. And this was Deutsch was Donnie saying Deutsch. this? Donnie right. Deutsch. And Michael Steele rounds on him and says, show me the poll. Show me the poll <laughs> where 60% of the American people are saying, I want to see your tax. Wow. 
Yeah. I'm safe haven. It's not resonating the way it resonates for you. That's why mm-hmm. you don't see the pressure on him because the American people are not demanding it. And literally three minutes later, to her credit, I rarely say this. Mika Brzezinski said, well, here's that poll you wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was 62% of the American people want to see the goddamn taxes. So mm-hmm. Michael mm-hmm. Steele, who again has no soul and therefore is unencumbered by the, the concept of shame or embarrassment or apology as a typical Republican, he is hollow inside. So he simply pivoted to, well, sure, okay, just put the numbers out there because the reality is for both of these individuals – whether it's health records or tax records, and went right to both sides. Right, right. He just flipped. Flipped that switch. Default factory setting of both sides do it. Because, Mm -hmm. again, Michael Steele is a very bad person who is a whore and makes good money going on television and pretending to be reasonable. And the minute one of his lies blows up in his face, you can just see the wheels go very quickly and where do you go? You go to your safe place. Quickly bring Hillary into the discussion and make this about everybody being equally wrong about everything. Yep. And it's yep. it's a shame that 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 network has it's no place on television you can really go on any given night or any given day and not find people just lying their asses off to you. Um, but that's the that's where we are. That's that's what has become of our media. Yep. Yep. All right. So and the other story that we wanted to talk about. Uh, what had things- to do with it with a New York Times article. Yeah, well, the New York Times um, public editor, public the editor, public, the public editor, editor. <laughs> the person who's supposed to stand up, you know, in her in her starched skirts and lecture everyone on their good behavior. You know, the mm-hmm. sort of the moral voice of the New York Times said essentially scolded um, people for for talking about this whole both sides thing and false equivalency. That's all just liberal partisan politics. Everyone thinks that it's that's you know it's they're being picked on, right? Um, and and to th- and to think that you should avoid false equivalence is just not that's not necessary right. because what you're really doing is picking a side. Right. If if you don't try to to balance your stories, you're picking a side. Right. And this is mind you, this is the person that the New York Times hired to right. be their public voice on their internal procedures and policies and, and their exactly. moral judgment. And, yeah. and she, she'd finally had enough. I think, I think this is what, to me, is the story, uh-huh. is that Trump is so bad mm-hmm. that there was a need at the New York Times to defend a balanced, quote-unquote, balanced right. approach. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she had to write this article for the paper is the story. Yes, it is. Yep. You know, uh, we can debate her, her, what she says, and we will. Um, it got a lot of attention from uh, a lot of people. Josh Marshall and yeah. Jonathan yeah. Shape um, wrote an, uh, an article Shate. specifically said Liz Spade, this is the woman who wrote this, writes disastrous defense of false equivalent. He just takes right. it apart. It's, it, it's a right. stupid silly argument that the mm-hmm. New York Times public editor is making in public because that's what she's paid for. She's paid mm-hmm. to defend this indefensible position. I liked what Josh Marshall said in that he said that the, the real imbalance here is that with Donald Trump, you can simply point a camera at him. Yeah. And here's what he is saying. And here is what and and looking at I mean, David Farenthold is doing God's work mm-hmm. looking at 
the Trump Foundation's tax returns and what they claim as deductions mm-hmm. and then saying, oh, but that went and bought a painting. That went and bought an ad. That went and bought a helmet that ultimately wound up in Donald Trump's office. Right. Uh, and these are illegal. You cannot claim these as charitable deductions when you actually got something in return for the charitable du- deduction. It's no longer a charitable deduction. And when that and money you're spending was given to you by other other people yeah. <laughs> in order to give to charity, right? I mean, this which is you're a, not doing, right? A real Ponzi scheme doubled doubled over. And um, so Josh Marshall said, "Yeah, all you have to do in Trump's instance is just point the camera, just look at the facts." Look at the tax return for the for the foundation, which is public. Um, with the Clinton Foundation, uh, you actually have to assume wrongdoing. You actually right. have to go, start your process by saying, "Okay, there's something wrong here," because millions of dollars are exchanging hands, <laughs> and never mind that it's going to buy AIDS drugs, and we can account for every penny, and we know we have. As one reporter said, we have actual tangible evidence that the Clinton Foundation money went to what they say it went yes. to. We have nine million AIDS patients. We know who they are. Mm-hmm. We know the hospitals that have the drugs. We know everything is documented. In, and, and again, the foundation's tax returns are public, along with 30 years of Hillary Clinton's email, uh, tax returns and are here, public. And here are all these charitable rating agencies who... Yeah, saying that A plus, you know, this is not, this is not complicated. And there are, you know, the tax returns show that the Clintons did not receive any money from this and did not receive a, uh, you know, Bill Clinton didn't get a football helmet from this at all. And so, uh, you know, you, you then, in order to provide balance, you actually have to assume you start from the standpoint of just as bad as Trump is Clinton Foundation. And then you have to find something. Well, if 50% or 48% of the American public doesn't need to hear because, right? It's Clinton's. That's right. evil. That's enough. That's <laughs> enough. Lock her up. Right. You're done. Then you can be lazy. And uh, because our political debate, as, as Josh Marshall said, is so uh, polarized, uh, the media doesn't want to lose access to those people right. who Pass are their audience. Half their audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CNN doesn't want to lose those folks forever. Um, I wanted to ask you if you think that the average Trump voter ever watches CNN for balance. What do you, I mean, no. we could actually check that. Donald Trump doesn't go on CNN. He's but, only going on Fox. I, I, I'm sure they watch for the fight. Yeah. Because every time <laughs> um, uh, Katrina, what's her name? Yeah. Or or Jeffrey Lord or mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, all whose name is who was... Um, yeah, I can't think of their names either. Arm grabber from arm grabber from Breitbart. Yeah, yeah Corey Lewandowski. <laughs> Lewandowski, yes. Or or there was a name Epstein. All these sort of weirdo third tier um, goofballs and button men. These dead eyed doll people mm-hmm. um, who stand up and just say the most absurd things in public. I'm sure a Trump voter watching says, "Yeah, you got him. You stuck it yeah. to him." This is what they get from hate radio. This yeah. is what they get every time a liberal tries to call it a Rush Limbaugh gets hung up on or or yeah. or whatever. Yeah. This is, this is why yeah. Sean Hannity hired Alan Combs, yep. so he could punch him and you know and declare victory and and stand over his prone body. We can, this is professional wrestling, a professional wrestling match because it makes the pig people really happy to tune in any day, any hour of the day, and see their side being represented, preferably by someone with nice tits who can who can <laughs> stare out the camera and and just nod their head in complete doltish uh, agreement with everything Donald Trump says. 
and mouth these insane things that have correspond ex- with the completely depraved thought processes in that person's head. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure they watch it for entertainment value and they can go they go to sleep at night knowing their size being well defended. Yep. Um yep. but and but that's the problem. The problem is there aren't two sides to this discussion anymore. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. is it is uh I'm thinking of Einstein's cosmological constant, which I'm sure I'm getting the physics wrong, but he couldn't make sort of the his formula for the universe and how it works balance out to this sort of thing that made everything balance out. Mm-hmm. It didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And he just sort of he said, yeah, there's this thing called the cosmological constant, which when you plug it into the formula, everything balances out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Since one side of this debate is so clearly depraved and wrong and lying and, and the and the base of that party is so clearly nuts and the other isn't. There is obviously some group of people way up high in the media who are deciding that this is going to be uh, – we're going to report this in a balanced way. We're going to give them equal airtime. Every time someone says Trump tax returns, you say Hillary uh, health records. Yep. Every time someone says Trump foundation, you say Hillary foundation. Every time somebody says here's a million Trump lives, you say email. That's your yep. job. There has to be. That's the cosmological constant. There has to be a countervailing force at work in our media that is bending it so completely out of shape from the simple reporting of facts. Mm-hmm. They are. Mm-hmm. There's a big, meaty, sweaty, money-grubbing hand on the scale somewhere, and that person or those people are the are the is the one group who you never see on camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody grabs Andy Lack or Phil Griffin and hauls and their ass in front of camera yeah. and says, explain to me, please, why you keep putting obvious verifiers to Hewitt on your television show. And the answer, if you zapped him with a, you know, a thousand volts would be uh, ratings. And, and shareholders. I need yeah, that this is about, and this is something that Hillary Clinton has brought up over and over again when she's talking about investment in America. And I, I, I'm not taking us off topic. This is actually related. Um, the number of CEOs who cannot do any innovation whatsoever because it will change their stock price by one cent, Mm -hmm. that the only thing that matters is stock price in this world. That's it. And that is the case for these media companies as well. It doesn't, nothing else matters. And you said something really frightening to me today. What if it's just all, what if the media really wants Trump to win? What if Uh, it really is? Yeah, yeah. Tom yeah, Hartman said, Tom Hartman said that, crazy yeah. theory that they would like Trump to win because the ratings would be awesome. The ratings and if Trump are... doesn't win, the stock price will go down by a penny. Yeah. 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 It's it's and the amazing. ratings under a Trump president, which would be a rolling catastrophe, would nobody would ever mm-hmm. turn the television off because every day right. would be a new disaster. And that would be awesome for for ratings to have the end of America yeah, that well, way. I mean, and I don't mean I don't want to pontificate the way uh, <laughs> the head, by the way. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to boycott Home Depot. <laughs> the head of Home Depot was on uh, with um, Cavuto the other day and saying, "This, uh, you know, if Hillary Clinton's elected, it will be the end of America." And and yes. you know, I I don't want to use that kind of hyperbole, but but yeah, the the rolling disaster of constant lies and governing for profit and huge deficits and where does the money go? And it just is looted out of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for hotel, you know, <laughs> to rent out hotel rooms in D.C. Uh, because there is no way, as we didn't even talk about Kurt Eichenwald's article. No, you know, no. Donald Trump has no intention of extracting himself from his businesses. Clearly, today proved it. You know, 
Um, let's end with talking about polls because we're at the end now. Yeah. Pay, uh, don't pay any attention to them. I just read, well, and I just read a tweet from Propane Jane, who's an awesome tweeter, uh-huh. um, who said, why isn't the, Ob- someone asked her, why isn't the Obama coalition showing up in the poll numbers? And uh, her answer was very straightforward. They're just polling white people. <laughs> yeah. Because they want to make the race look closer than it really is yeah. for clicks. And that, I will tell you, and I have told Junior Dude this, uh, who, our son who is very concerned and is uh, on the school paper and looks at the L.A. Times and says, the L.A. Times is a respected newspaper and their poll says. Yeah. Now, he's 17 and he's really kind of new to this. This is the first election that he's voted in. It's the first election he really remembers. And uh, so when he sees these poll numbers, he's really upset. And uh, he's he said that. And I said, well, you know, um, if you look at the poll numbers, look at the, as someone else pointed out, the 18 to 25s and the 25 to 35 groups have little um, crosses in the columns <laughs> <laughs> to show they didn't have enough people to poll in those age groups. Everybody that they polled in the, uh, C- this was the CNN poll, was 50 and over that they counted. <laughs> So if no one under 50 shows up in Ohio at all, mm-hmm. Trump will win Ohio. Yes. As long as that <laughs> he's happens. Ahead by five points among people 50 and over, he's ahead by five points. Got that? And, Statistics. And let, let's, let's explain why you are all drowning in what are essentially meaningless poll numbers. Mm-hmm. Just they, they tick up, they tick down. She sneezes. Oh, and the people, uh, and I'm thinking specifically of Steve Kornacki, whose mm-hmm. entire job now at MSNBC is reading poll numbers at you. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That's literally all he does. Talk about the poll numbers today. <laughs> and there's the Monmouth poll, and there's the Quinnipiac poll, and and on and on and on. And that's all he does. And mm-hmm. the reason he does that is because first of all, first of all, there's there's no point to doing this. It's like watching a stock ticker go up and down. Yeah. It it yeah. changes hourly. So you know. You stay in the market and you ignore the, you know, rises and falls and you, you know, et cetera. But and, and polls at this point don't mean anything. Well, and they never, ever, as I've said many times before, they never, ever mention the Electoral College when they're talking about poll no. numbers at all. They but, talk but about why you're drowning, right. Here's why you're drowning yeah. in poll numbers. And here's why everyone is losing their shit over it. Because poll numbers allow the people reading them to pretend that they're journalists Mm-hmm. And to pretend that they're neutral. Right. Because I'm just right. reading numbers. I'm just reporting the actual numbers coming in from our polling. Yes, that's right. it. That's it. That's all. And the, the, the only – it's filler. It's 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 popcorn. Yeah. It's the stuff you pack yeah. your crap in when you ship it across country. It and and Drift Glass, I have to tell you the funniest thing. When I was looking at that interview with the um, Home Depot guy, uh-huh. um, Fox Business at the bottom of the screen had a electoral map. Of the states Trump is carrying is leading in and the states Hillary is leading in and had no numbers at all for any of the Electoral College. They just had the states. And this is something Junior Dude has pointed out, which is if you go by counties, if we just went by number of counties, McCain won 81 percent of the counties in America. He did. (laughs) If you, just, you know, these are counties where there were what forty voters. Yeah, if you, you, know, if you just go by farmland, if you just right? go by acreage, yeah, you know, they're doing fine. <laughs> but that's not how you count things. Right, right. And one building in New York City has more people in it than <laughs> many a, districts a county in, in the Middle yeah. East. Yeah, you know, in the Middle West of the in the Midwest of the United States. Yeah. So uh, it, it you have to not take it as reality when you hear a poll number. On the other hand, as I said to Junior Dude, um, 
I'm going to turn into I'm going to turn to Mark Halpern for a minute, Drift Glass. Uh-huh. Uh, Please turn back close, when you're done. Close close poll numbers are great news for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they are, because anyone who thinks of themselves as busy will find an excuse not to vote. Yes. Unless it's close. Mm-hmm. Well, it's important. And that's important. It, uh, that is why Hillary Clinton says every time she's asked about poll numbers, I have said from the beginning, this is going to be a close election. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wants the polls to be close because that drives turnout, uh, especially of the Obama coalition who are busy and who have cell phones, not landlines, mm-hmm. and uh, would love to be able to vote with their phone <laughs> and, and then be done. But, <clears throat> but uh, it, let's it takes remember effort to get to the polls, you know, all for of the, students and everyone else. Yeah, All of the fretting over the idiocy of Trump voters is mm-hmm. a waste of your energy. Yeah. It's true, but it, it doesn't change anything. All of the inveighing against the media will do, will do some good if we ever got liberal voices out there to counter it, which mm-hmm. we don't. Uh, keep up the good work. Keep keep going. Keep blogging. Keep podcasting. Keep tweeting. Keep doing whatever you're doing. Now, certainly keep supporting this podcast. But Absolutely. all the tweets in the world don't amount to one single vote in the swing district in this country. Mm-hmm. All the blog posts I write about, God knows what, David Brooks or Intelligence Squared debates or all the graphics I do don't amount to one vote in a swing county in this country. What counts is coming out to vote in November. Mm-hmm. And what counts is finding people that you know who might be straddling the fence or might not even be aware there's an election or don't really care and getting them to vote. That's all that counts at this point. Right. And if you are too precious or you're too reserved or you're too above it all and Gary Johnson's looking real good to you right now or Jill Stein, fine. I, there's nothing I can do to convince you otherwise. You're, mm-hmm. You have some you have you have talked yourself into a place where that is an acceptable response to an onrushing fascist threat to your country. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe there's some merit in what you say, maybe not. What I know is, having done this for a few years now, there's nothing I can say to change your mind. Mm-hmm. But there are people out there who don't know there's an election or don't know how important it is or are really only listening to the both sides crap and don't hear Or don't it. have a ride to the polls yeah. or don't know where their polling place yeah. is and and need help, need, need a way to, um, or just need, need a, p- a gentle push yeah. of make sure you vote next Tuesday. Make sure you vote tomorrow. Make sure you vote. Um, or have you voted and, and get those folks, uh, to think about it yeah. and to get to the polls. Uh, we're going to stop there. Drift Let's do that. We're at the one Oh nine mark. And that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, long time to a lot of our listeners, but for us, it's a long time to just sit and talk. Yes. <laughs> but I love talking. And to not see each other. Cause we're in different rooms. Yeah. We're in different rooms. So we miss each other. And by but, the way, you know, so. we're going to have, people storming in here in about 15 minutes. That's the other problem yes. is we're at the point where school is let out. So and there's <laughs> and this is going to be, be a very busy complex weekend for a lot of us and we're not going to talk about why. Us. Nothing right. bad. But no. Just a lot. Sleepovers and parties and rides and business obligations and all of the all of the college applications are now out for junior dude. So We'll be waiting. We have one acceptance. Carthage College has accepted him, but we're waiting to hear back from yeah. the other six. So <laughs> we'll uh, let you life, know. Life goes on. Life life is going life on here. We're on. not you know busy, this busy, is, busy. Yeah. We, this politics is what we is our a vocation, but living our lives yeah. is our vocation. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot mm-hmm. going on this weekend. So uh, pardon us for being brief. Brief at 
at over an hour. <laughs> know, that's, that's brief for me. I'm a blabberman. Ah, you like well. So in your in your spare time, you can come on for another hour if you want to, Drift Class. But I'm not going to edit it. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Excellent. So I can finally say what I think, Blue Gal. Uh huh. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. Now, there's a bit of a conundrum this week, Drift Glass, with the Internet Kitties. Yeah, this week's Internet Kitty is either squeaky or sparky, but we aren't sure. Mm-hmm. These are two cats who live and work in the barns, obviously, at the Soul Homestead Farm in Middleborough, Massachusetts. This photo was sent in to us by our friend Dogface Herman of Science Fiction University fame. Um, Squeaky and Sparky look very much alike from a distance, and they will only be photographed from a distance. (laughs) So get used to it. You'll have to just guess which one it is. Um, Squeaky and Sparky don't mind sheep, they don't mind tractors, and they don't mind Star. Star is the sheepdog at Soul Homestead who also loves his job. So, uh, you know, it's either Squeaky or Sparky. You can say hi to both of them. Yeah. Uh, but one of them is is uh, marching along the grass where there are tractors behind him and sheep in front of him on the other side of the camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just doesn't care. Yeah, just don't push <laughs> it, okay? Right. <laughs> you can send your internet kitty to us at proleftpodcast at gmail.com where you can also write to both of us feel free to write us we love hearing from you be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses we reserve the right to read your email or u.s postal service go postal unions letter on the air unless you say otherwise don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline if you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And please don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local, but we also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Drift Glass, it is only September 16th, but I have already heard from a couple of people on Facebook who have started thinking about Christmas. I can't believe that. I know. But, um... Uh, some people are that organized. Uh, I am not. But <laughs> um, if you are shopping for uh, things that you can't get locally or that you would buy from a large chain store, um, we get about 6% of your purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, and click on your link. It doesn't cost you anything. Right. And Amazon sends us 6% of what you buy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that can make the difference for us as far as paying our bills. We really appreciate that. So thank you very much for doing that. Uh, When you're shopping Amazon, please go to our link first and shop through us. We appreciate it so much. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a financial contribution, and you can too. See our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. And we have gotten some gifties in the mail from people um we have some uh pro left pod sticks they are um chopsticks that have engra- <laughs> laser engraved on them i know uh, <laughs> i heart hillary and bernie pro left podcast and we're going to be giving yeah. those away um over they're, the christmas they're, season they're left-handed chopsticks just so you know no they're not <laughs> they're <laughs> They're ambidextrous chopsticks. And we, and he also sent us some laser print, um, laser etched plastic keychains with the Internet kitties on them and professional left. And they're just fun uh, little tchotchkes. And we're going to come up with some sort of contest to uh, send those to folks um, in, in the coming weeks. Please rate our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Glass. 
How are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Oh, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties are so very glad that Dr. Oz is not a veterinarian. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Love Podcast under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2016, Drift Glass, Blue Gal Podcast.